I'm Chris Greaves. I'm the assistant editor for Methods in Ecology and Evolution, and I'm here today with all of our senior editors for the journal. Hi, I'm Rob Freckleton. I'm Bob O'Hara. And I'm Jennifer Mosey. All in the same place for the first time, and we're just going to have a bit of a chat about the journal. So to start with, Rob, as the founding editor of the journal, could you tell us a little bit about the original idea behind Methods in Ecology and Evolution? As an editor of, a, of another journal and also as a methods developer, I recognised that there were a lot of people writing papers and trying to put together new methods, but they had nowhere to publish them. Um, we were sending our papers to journals which uh, were publishing methods alongside just regular research papers. And I recognised that in terms of my own work, there was nowhere to publish papers which valued uh, methods development in the widest sense. And as an editor, recognised that there are lots of restrictions that were in place. So I put together a proposal which was based around publishing methods papers and as the philosophy driving the journal to make dissemination of new methods the, the most important thing. Bob, what do you think the main strengths of the journal are now? The methods. <laughs> I think it's because we get so many good submissions that we can cover a wide area of methods which hopefully ecologists find useful and at least from the feedback we're getting they seem to find a lot of these, these useful and they can then use them in their own work. I don't worry about citations at all, it's the fact that people are reading the methods and going, oh I can use this in their own work is I think what's important and what we hopefully are doing well. Jana, what do you think makes methods different from other journals? Well, again, the focus is on the methods, so that's um, definitely one of the central differences. Another thing that sets methods apart is how much we embrace new technologies and new ways of doing things. So pushing the envelope in terms of publishing uh, ecology and evolution-related work is what sets us apart. I'm going to put this question to all three of you. Are there any particular areas you would like to see the journal develop a bit further? I'd like to see more papers from the evolution community. And we get a lot at the moment, and it's obviously part of the remit of the journal, but we could get more. So I'm really keen to push more into the evolutionary areas. Yes, as Rob said, the evolution is a big one. The other area I'm interested in is that we have an application section, which at the moment almost all the papers are about software. And I'd like to see that going beyond that and going to pieces like hardware, stuff you're using in the field or in the lab, which is actually solid and not just pieces of code. I think that could be as much fun as software. Yeah, same thing as Bob and Rob. As far as topics that we could cover more, I'm curious what sort of impact we can make in the field of science policy interface in terms of conservation biology. So on a similar sort of note, what are your favourite kinds of papers to work with as a senior editor? I like to see papers that wouldn't have been written had we not had a Methods in Ecology and Evolution journal, and I think we see a lot of these kinds of papers, so I believe that we've changed the type of papers that people write as a consequence of having a journal that focuses entirely on methodology. Yes, Robert, I like the papers where you really go, ooh, that's cool. So, for example, the tea bag index paper we had a few years ago where people were just burying tea bags to measure decomposition, which was utterly ridiculous but actually worked, and so it was a good methodological paper. I think they're fun to read, and even if you're not in the area, I've done nothing on the decomposition of tea bags, so I knew nothing about the area, but it was a nice paper, it's imaginative, at one level it was slightly silly, but it was actually good science and a good method which people are now adapting all over the world. 
Definitely, I would agree. The creative ones are the most fun. I add to that when I really am involved in the topic area. So when things are to do with phylogenetics or plant conservation, and there's something that I'm personally really interested in, those are a lot of fun too. Have you had a single favorite paper that you've worked on? It's hard to pull out a single one. I can think of the very first paper that we received, which was a paper by Alan Zur and colleagues, which literally was the very first paper that came into Manuscript Central and was paper zero. And that's now our best cited paper that also turned out to be a really popular paper that lots of people have found very useful. I also am really keen on a paper that we published back in 2011, which looked at mist netting in birds. This is a technique that's absolutely used globally for capturing birds, but no one has thought to ask, is this a method that's actually safe in terms of causing injury? And Erica Spotswood and colleagues wrote a paper that did a really wide-scale analysis of this to show that this is a safe method and it is uh, you know, justifiable and humane. This is the kind of paper that we probably wouldn't have seen without a journal focusing on methodology, so I'm really keen on um, that one as well. I've got a couple of papers. I mean, again, these are the manuscript ones. The T-Bag Index I've already mentioned. The other one was a German paper about vandalism, where, again, this is, as Rob just said, it's the papers which wouldn't have been written if we hadn't had a journal for these sort of things. And what these guys did was they put out these sort of fake pieces of equipment in Munich and left them there and see which ones were vandalised and came to a nice conclusion, the, the one which, which said, please, please don't vandalise this, it's a poor student doing this work, was the one which was vandalised the least. And one of the amusing things about that was the comments from one of the reviewers was say, yes, you've got these different texts about you know, Stearns or Germanic, if you vandalise this, you'll be punished, had this neutral one, had this sympathetic one, and they asked, well, could it be that it was just a picture of the squirrel on the sympathetic part which caused the difference? And the authors had to admit, we don't really know. Yeah, it's kind of hard to come up with a single favourite. There's been lots of favourites. The one that comes to mind is a paper on how you can match up your trait data with your phylogeny. And it's one of my favorites because it's a niggly problem when you do comparative phylogenetics. It's been bugging me a while. And so it was sort of like, oh, finally, thank goodness, somebody finally came up with a tool that I can use that makes my life easier. So those are the kind of papers that are fun. If someone was considering submitting to Methods in Ecology and Evolution, what would you say would be the top reason to submit to the journal? You've got a new method that's novel, that's gonna interest a wide uh, range of people and you want to not only describe how the method works but make the method accessible to as many people as possible. Those are things that we're looking for and that's what sets apart papers that we publish um, compared to papers that would go to other conventional ecology journals. I think anybody who uh, has struggled in their own research with some hurdle and has taken the time to come up with ways to get around that hurdle should consider writing a paper for methods in ecology and evolution because probably they're not the only ones who've come up with that hurdle and so if they've come up with ways that is the ideal way then that's going to be something that lots of people are going to want to read. If someone has now decided to uh, submit to the journal is there any advice or do's and don'ts that you'd say uh, they should keep in mind they're writing the paper or tweaking it before sending it through to methods? The one thing I find that's different is that the audience that you're writing for may not be the audience you usually write for. So when we're looking at a lot of statistics papers, that if you're sending a statistical journal, it'd be written in a very different way. If you're writing for methods, then you're writing for ecologists. So it's always the end user who should be writing for, and whether this is statistics, whether it's in other areas, 
in phylogenetics, wherever. It's nice if you can think who's going to be using this and making sure that you write it in a way which they understand it, because then people will actually read the paper and use it. Well, as Bob said, do consider the audience. That's really important. And really consider that you're writing the paper to communicate as clearly as possible. So consider the technical level. Consider how you can use materials outside the paper to make it as accessible as possible. So that can include, in the case of computer applications, statistics, providing code, providing tutorials. In the case of practical things, doing things like a podcast, providing a video, using imaginative ways to communicate as clearly as possible so that when the paper is looked at, it's easy for the editors and reviewers to see how you're addressing the journal's mission of trying to make papers as accessible as possible. Thank you all very much for coming in to have a chat about the journal and thank you everyone for listening. Thank you.